Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello there, writers. Welcome to episode number 147 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. Completely thrilled that you're here today. Today, I'm talking to the amazing Amy Rigby, who was recommended by a listener, and I am just delighted that I got to talk to her. She talks about singer-songwriting, which is something I'm always interested in, and memoir, which of course you know is my passion, and what it's like to tend bar in a small community while being an artist. And I just thought that our talk was incredibly inspiring to me, and I hope that you find it the same way. A little bit about what's going on around here. I am back in revision on a pro- on a project, working on that in my happy place. Should finish that up tomorrow if I'm lucky. I am also getting ready to leave on vacation. So the podcast will be on vacation for two weeks. It will not be around for the next two Fridays because I'm going to be at the Grand Canyon, Antelope Canyon, Zion, Bryce, and Las Vegas. Don't worry, I have um, a lot of dogs in my house. This is true. And a big burly house sitter who is taking care of the house. So please don't come break into my house while I'm gone. And I hope that you miss me just a little bit, but I honestly do hope that you don't even notice that there is an interruption in how do you write service because I can't wait to come back and start it up. For some reason, I've got a lot of episodes in the bank. Sometimes I'm scrambling the day before, going, oh, I should probably get a guest. And sometimes I've got six or seven episodes in the can and I have that right now. So that's nice. I already know who's coming up to talk to you when I come back and you're going to enjoy those interviews too. So that's on my plate right now is cleaning stuff up so that I can go to this vacation with a clear plate. I am teaching just a little bit while I'm gone. I'm not coaching. I'm not teaching at Stanford. I've got an extra week off there. So it's going to be really enjoyable. I am planning, we are planning on ending our trip in Vegas where since I don't drink, I am going to order all the expensive virgin pina coladas and drink them next to the pool. And I cannot wait. I'm going to bring so many books and probably come home with even more books. And I would also like to thank new patron subscriber Patrick Martinez. Thank you so much, Patrick, for pledging and listening. I have been having a really wonderful, extremely crazy, awesome time talking to people because of the show who reach out to me for coaching requests, which you can always look at at rachelherron.com slash coach. I do a lot of one-offs where I'm actually not even trying to sell myself right here. I am trying to express to you how much joy I get out of this. Most people I talk to, I talk to maybe one to three times in just these one-offs where they come to me and they say, Rachel, I can't. And I say, oh my God, yes, you can. And this is amazing because of this. And why don't you try that? And then they go away and do it. And they tell me how much it helped to have somebody tell them that they could do it. So Without the benefit of a phone call one-on-one with you right now, let me just talk to you for a second. You can do this. You're listening to this podcast because you want to write. If you don't want to write, I don't know why you're listening to this because that's what we talk about around here. If you want to write, you can. 
and you will, and you do. I was just talking to a class about this today. In fact, we try to learn how to write books. We try to write books. We try to write essays, articles, whatever it is that you are passionate about writing. But most of all, what we try to do is set up our lives so that we understand how our, how our unique writing processes work. Every single one of our processes are different. And that's why I do this show. I like to talk to people about their processes. I will never understand my process fully as long as I live. And I love that because it's constantly changing. And mine is very different from what yours is. And yours is very different from the next person. And that's our full-time job. Our full-time goal as a writer for the rest of our lives is to figure out how we become the person who, when you get distracted away from your writing, you notice that and guide yourself back to the writing. It is exactly the same with meditation. If you're meditating and you're thinking about an object and you're trying to still your mind, you will get distracted because that's part of meditation. The magic of meditation is not in the moment where your brain is still and quiet because that barely ever happens. The, the magic of meditation is when you notice you've become distracted and bring it back to centering your mind on whatever it is that you're thinking about. Writing is exactly the same thing. We wander away. We don't write for a day or a few days or a week or a few years. We notice that and we bring ourselves back without judgment, without self-recrimination, and we write again. It's exactly the same thing. It feels exactly the same way in our heads. We try to welcome ourselves back to the page. And that is something that is really hard for a person like me who likes to beat myself up at every opportunity. I'm really trying hard not to do that now. When I notice that I'm not doing what I want myself to do, I bring myself back to what it is that I'm doing gently, calmly, and it's pretty great. So I hope that if you're listening to this, don't beat yourself up. Do a little writing. Get some of your words in. They will make you feel better, even if they're crap. And I do hope they're crap. First drafts are always terrible beasts, and they should be the ugliest thing you've ever seen. You can fix them later. For now, your job is just catching some terrible, terrible, ugly words. Lower your expectations as low as you can, and then lower it some more, and then do some writing. That's how books get written. I feel like I had something else to share with you, but I don't think I do. So please enjoy this interview with Amy Rigby. I am going to go back to the very fun process of trying to figure out where to go on retreat next year. I usually go to Venice in spring and I'm feeling a little bit Venice out. Do not tell Venice. She'll be mad at me. I'm thinking about Barcelona. Uh, if you get this in a timely manner, you can always email me to put in your vote of where I'm going if you'd like to go on a an international writing retreat next year because they are one of my most joyful things that I do all year. I really love that. Uh, speaking of joyful, I know what I wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you about Ed Giordano, who I mentioned on The Writer as well. He is my new assistant, writing assistant, and he's incredible and he's hireable. Basically, I've been going out to brunch with him for about three years or so, and every brunch 
that I go to. He tells me what I should be doing and then I don't do it because I don't have time. He understands the book business. He understands uploading and downloading and sideloading and uh, multiple streams of income and how to make audiobooks and how to make large print and how to do all of this stuff that I can't stand doing. So he's helping me with it uh, because he was laid off from his job and he, he might try to make a go of this whole author helping business. He's phenomenal. He's a very fast thinking, talking millennial, and he's great. So if you want to reach out to him, you can reach him at edwardgiordano at gmail.com. And I told him that I would tell you about him. Edward spelled normally. Giordano is G-I-O-R-D-A-N-O at gmail.com. And I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes. And I bet if I forget, Ed will tell me to go put them up there. The only problem with having an amazing assistant is that he keeps creating more work for me as he says, I need this and I need this and I need this in order to get these things done that I've been putting off for so long. He's also local and he's just darling. And so there's my Ed plug. Now, please enjoy the show with Amy. I know that you will. Please get some writing done and then tell me all about it. We'll talk soon. This episode is brought to you by my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir, Write Your Life Story in 45 Hours, which is, by the way, totally doable, and I tell you how. It's the same class I teach in the Continuing Studies program at Stanford each year, and I'll let you in on a secret. Even if you have no interest in writing a memoir yet, the book has everything I've ever learned about the process of writing and of revision and of story structure and of just doing this thing that's so hard and yet all we want to do. Pick it up today. All right. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show, Amy Rigby. Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm so pleased to have you here. A reader uh, or a listener of mine um, named Holly told me about you, and she's one of your biggest fans, as I was saying off air. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of those, but I'm so grateful that she turned me on to you because I have now gone and investigated you, and I'm reading your blog. Let me give you a little bit of introduction, and then I want to talk all things writing with you. Great. Thanks. Amy Rigby is a songwriter, musician, and performer. Her most recent album, The Old Guys, was voted one of the top 100 albums of 2018 in the Paz and Jop. Is that how you say it? Uh, yep. U- U.S. Yep. Music Critics Reversed Hall. like that, yeah. yeah. I, I love it. That's funny. Um, her memoir, Girl to City, will be published October 8th, so right around when this podcast comes out. She plays her songs all over the world and writes online at diaryofamyrigby.wordpress.com. She lives with her husband and sometimes duet partner, Reckless Eric, in New York's Hudson Valley. When she isn't touring, she pours beer and sells books at the Spotty Dog in Hudson. Welcome so much. I've already skimmed through and got really deep into your memoir um, in the small amount of time that I've had it. I'm so compelled by your voice. And I went pretty far into um, your old back catalog on your um, on your blog. Uh-huh. I find that your voice is so immediate and so narrative. And when I was listening to your music, your music is narrative too. Have you always been driven to to tell stories? Tell us a little bit about that before we get into process. I think so. Um, because what got me into songwriting first was, um, was reading Mm. and reading short stories and listening to country music. I'd been a big like punk fan and a big rock music fan. But, um, I think like in the early eighties, I started getting into, um, old country and listening to the songs of 
like Loretta Lynn and George Jones and um, Skeeter Davis. Just um, I loved the the stories that they told, but like the just the real life, you know, take this job and shove it kind of. Um, you know, just like people going to work, people like taking care of their kids. And, and it sort of dovetailed with, um, that early eighties. Um, there was this sort of explosion of short stories at that time. You're too young to remember this, but, um, you probably weren't even born yet. Oh, yes. But, yes. um, I'm a 70, <laughs> 70s, early seventies baby. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, there was like Bobby Ann Mason, Raymond Carver, like that's the first time you anyone heard of Raymond Carver. Oh, wow. And these stories were just like, they were like songs. They were like short, you know, just little encapsulations mm-hmm. of real life. Um, no, you know, no epic resolutions, you know, they just kind of like, they were like a little window into, um, people's day to day. And that really started me writing songs and I really wanted to do that. And so that's what I've tried to do all along using as my subject matter myself. Cause that's what I, that's what I knew. And, and that's what kind of like gave me, gave me my topics. I am passionate about memoir and creative nonfiction and your voice is just so compelling. Um, yeah, I encourage everybody to check you out. Let's talk a little bit about your process and how it differs. Um, you're, I think you're the only this is the second songwriter I've had on here. Do you know Jeffrey Foucault or uh, Foucault? You pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he was on here too. And I'm, I'm so fascinated by songwriting and it's something that I want to try to learn how to do someday and um well you should because we're all starting to try to write books and <laughs> oh good good <laughs> all the musicians are I, I've written a few so. songs and they were absolutely terrible um but you know that's how we all start with any kind of writing how, what does your pro- writing process look like um kind of compare songwriting to a longer form of writing okay well since this is my first book like I and, you know, it was, it was like hugely harder than I ever could have imagined anything could be. <laughs> Writing songs is wonderful because it's, it's like a three minute arc, you know, like you get in, you get out, like you tell your story. And also you have a lot of help because, you know, I've got like melody, I've got rhythm, I've got, mm. um, harmony, I've got the, you know, the harmony of the melody against the chords that I choose to play. I've got the whole history of popular music as references and little, like you can say so much with all these things. That's why, you know, lots of, lots of songs, you know, just have like, even like wordless syllables can work because you're telling a story. If you're in a, you know, playing a minor chord or a ma- then it's going to feel sad or yeah. scary. If you play a major chord, it's going to feel happy, triumphant, you know, all these things. So, um, so writing, writing songs is just kind of like, I I mean, I just do it really fast. I get an idea, kind of a theme or like something that's like bugging me or, you know, some, a conversation I overhear and I just grab a, like a line from that and, you know, some kind of melody just starts percolating and, and then I, I, I go till I get a chorus that kind of somehow opens it up and tells me what the song's really about. 
And then, you know, if I'm really invested, I'll like even write a bridge in there. That's kind of more like a reflective moment. Um, and, and then, um, you make it sound so easy, but I know it isn't (laughs) just, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it happens fast like that for me, but, um, but then, you know, writing without all that help, but without like my guitar and being able to like play a little riff or some chords, um, it is a lot, is a lot more like the words have to do all the work. And so that's, it's a, it is, it's a lot harder. It is, you know, music is play, like we play music and it is like child's play. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. We don't say that we play writing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> that would explain a real, uh, that would explain a lot. So what did your process look like for writing this particular book? Um, well, I, I kind of snuck up on it by, I wanted to write a memoir. Um, and a, a friend who worked for an agent years ago said like, Oh, you really should like write, you know, write about kind of my first album was about being a mom and kind of the breakup of a marriage and, you know, kind of write a book that's like based on that. Well, I first kind of had to learn how to write. And, um, and so I started writing a blog. Um, I started even before they called it a blog. I, I started saw that. <laughs> it was in the 90s, right? Yeah. And I just called it my online diary and um, just wrote about my experiences on the road, you know, touring, playing music, and then stuck in stuff about like my temp jobs and my daughter and, um, and yeah, just like really like mundane real life details. I love reading that stuff in other people's, you know, blog. I, like I, I loved, I loved when everybody started writing about their, yes. I could read like that, that Pete Thompson, Pete, sorry, Pete Townsend had like, um, oh, he was having like some kind of itch, you know, like. He had like some kind of like, I don't know, he'd gotten poison ivy or something. And I was like, I can't believe I'm reading, you know, that, that like Pete Townsend put on a bandaid or something. And, you know, like this is like someone who was like, you know, he was like uh, just this mythic figure to me, you know, from the world of rock music. And, you know, like to just hear that, like he had this day to day thing. Um, I love that about blogs. So, so like I just was kind of writing a little tour diary. Then, um, I ended up moving to rural France and, um, that was, you know, very, there was like no one to talk to. I was learning to speak French. All our neighbors were like these older French people. And, um, I felt very, there was a field of cows across the street (laughs) from my window and that was it. And I just felt like very isolated after living in New York city and Nashville, you know, living among like my musical peers and just like being able to hang out with people that like live the same type of, you know, creative life that Mm -hmm. I do. So, so that starting a blog and there were many at the time, many expat blogs, you know, like there just were like hundreds of you know, people just kind of trying to make sense of being in a different place. But at the time, there were also a lot of mom blogs, but I had, my daughter had gone off to college. So I was sort of, I would have loved those when, you know, she was little, but it didn't exist yet. So she was off Mm -hmm. on doing her thing. So I didn't really feel any, in fact, I was kind of like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with like worrying about like, you know, childcare and like lunches. And I don't have to think about that anymore. So that just got me writing. I, 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 
And back then, if you blogged, you felt like you should like do it a couple times a week at I least. Mean, I was early 2000, 2002 is when I started my knitting blog. And, oh, okay. and we had the same kind of community and, and, you know, we, and you, you did feel like you had to commit, you had to commit to blogging and also commenting on your friend's blogs. Commenting, and, and it was a very, but it was great. It was, it was great. It was, it was a great, you know, way to just kind of feel connected to something. Mm-hmm. And it got me, you know, just getting more of a writing practice beyond what really got me, you know, focused on, you know, writing not music was the artist's way back in the 80s nine it was the Love 90s that. Yeah. um that book was huge for me and got me doing those morning pages which you know it's never gone away i got i have to write when i get up in the morning and um i don't stick to you know i'm not like that three page like i'm i don't right. do that religiously but I just don't feel like I'm really like fully functioning unless I, I do that, which is, I know one of your questions was like, what's one of the biggest challenges? And it is when I'm on tour. Let's talk because, about that. Your biggest challenge about writing. Yeah. It's, um, be having a routine in some way is so great. And being on tour, the type of touring I do can, you know, which can be, you know, not exactly rugged. I mean, I'm not sleeping on people's floors anymore. Like I left that behind, thankfully, like in my forties, maybe, but, um, but it's just like, there's no routine. Sometimes, you know, I don't go to bed till like two or three in the morning. Um, sometimes I have to get up and drive like so early that I don't really have time to write. Sometimes like if I, sometimes my husband and I play together and he's sleeping in the room and I need to like go down to the Holiday Inn Express like buffet, but there's like a TV blaring. Oh, the worst. You know, just like all these things. <laughs> so that, that's the hard, and I, I think that's part of the reason why it took me so long to write a book because um, just like to, when I was on tour, it just felt, and those would be like, you know, sections of like, you know, four weeks or something where I could not get that mental space to be, you know, to, to get like anything going. And so that, that's, but when I come home, I just jump right back in and just, that's like one of the delights of being back home is just being able to get up in the morning at like a kind of nice early time and have my time and space to do some writing. I am such a routine lover. I'm one of those, my wife always says that I set up routine wherever I go by like the set by the second day in the city, I have my favorite coffee shop already. I, I know the way I like to route it, it walk. It makes me feel safe somehow. But yeah, I also I just can't work when I'm traveling, period. I finally learned it's that about hard. myself. It I've given so up hard. beating myself up about it. So well, you've talked about challenge, what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Anything songwriting or, or book writing? Um, I, I guess always just that feeling um, that that I said something in a song or in a story or um, blog or, you know, something that I I couldn't quite get to without writing it. Mm. I, um, I had a feeling like it was almost like a nagging, you know, like Pete Townsend's itch, you know, like, (laughs) like something that's just kind of there, you know, that I want to express. And I, and it's not till I'm actually, writing putting one word after another that it comes out and um and I just love that about I love that about writing it 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 
was the same with with songwriting and mm. um, probably less so because I've written so many songs I kind of I I feel more compelled now to to write just like non-songwriting kind of mm. writing just because I've done not to say I don't still need to like get something to sing but um to just yeah to write something um just words on a page that um that feeling that I like captured uh what I was going through and that somehow like if somebody else reads it they will just like feel the same thing that I was feeling just on I the, just that connection. the top of your blog the most recent one when we're recording this on September 10th is the, the story about the tent that you thought your neighbor stole and you know <laughs> oh, like hammock. <laughs> the hammock sorry a, a hammock um and I, but I just love the way you wrote it. Your writing is beautiful. And I was there with you and I felt all those emotions. And I, I, I just really feel like you have such a gift for this. Can you share a craft tip, which might help us at all? I think, um, the, the hard thing, like with, um, for me, like writing my book, I found that, I like writing scenes. I like writing dialogues. I like remembering what happened. And, but I don't like saying like how something made me feel or, you know, and that feels like such an important part of, you know, sharing what happened to you is like, why, you know, that thing where it's like, why are you telling me this? Um, so, um, I find that like, kind of sneaking up I, I guess I sneak up on a lot of things I have to trick <laughs> myself into everything but writing um really getting into the scene kind of helps me be able to um then kind of like how I was feeling sort of pops out without mm. you know having to to define it. It, it it just I can kind of find my way there I don't know if this is I'm I don't think I'm really being concrete enough but but to just if I even if I just want to write a a blog and I don't know what I want to write I just um just kind of think of something that happened to me like at the supermarket or um get out and take a walk and and just like you know just start imagining like something going on at the neighbor's house and and just like start to try to write like what just just the like little details of that. Yeah, find the details basically and those little things that seem so specific to that moment. Somehow they open up something that's bigger that is someone like way on the other side of the country who's got a palm tree instead of a, you know, pine tree and they don't have a snow blower and a snow shovel. Cause it never, you know, but, but, but something about like the act of like shoveling that snow, um, or, you know, stealing that hammock. Um, it, it's, if you can, it's only, I found that with songs that like the more specific I was about my own, um, you know, a story that I wanted to tell the details, the more someone else could like project their own details on there. I have this song called Summer of My Wasted Youth. And it's all about like being an art student in New York City in the early 80s and and listening to country music and um, and, you know, just like my very much like what I was into then. But something about that song and those details, like people say, oh, I 
had those I had that year in Boston or in in Atlanta or you know and I and I love that I do love that and I love that especially in any kind of memoir including songwriting is the more specific we are the more universal the story becomes and I think that's beautiful and you're talking about it the same way that you earlier talked about writing a song how it kind of opens up to you and you know leads you and if you're inspired you might write a bridge you know and and those yeah. details are what are what's lending this to you yeah yeah very much what what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way um I was thinking about that and it's I probably you know at the end of my bio you said that I pour beer yeah. and sell books at yeah. the spotty dog in Hudson. Like I never had that kind of job before. Um, in all my years of being an artist, being a musician, having to like scrape by and stuff. I did a lot of temp work, a lot of office jobs. So I was never, you know, that person with a waitress job in New York city. I didn't work in the service industry, but, um, but since I've been in this part of the world, um, I've had this job in a book store that also happens to serve beer and so it really is like a wonderful place and um I love being a bartender it's an easy bartending job I don't have to we just serve beer and wine I don't have to mix drinks and like throw out bar chatter there because it's a bookstore too um but I love just kind of having to interact with the public in a way that doesn't involve me like being on stage, Mm -hmm. which I've done for 30 some years. So I get to like, just be serving other people. And it's about them, not about me. And I love to hear their stories. I just love the experiences that I have there. It's given me like I could write a whole other book, you know, based on just the kooky, wonderful people who come in and and just the sort of mix of, of books, which I love and and, you know, bar chatter and just being also at the center of a small community mm-hmm. and all the characters that come and go and um and then the city people from New York who come up and come through and go five dollars for a beer is how is this even possible? <laughs> I love. I just. I, it really is like being in an episode of Cheers, you know, like every. <laughs> and and so I never thought that I could enjoy like this other job. Hmm. I think that sounds idyllic and wonderful. Oh, I think we froze. So much. Oh, sorry. Uh, Skype seems to be freezing up just a little bit oh, yeah. for us. <laughs> but I think oh, yeah. I think you're back though. Um, um. Anyway, so that's I, that's been nice. That's been nice, and I I realized when I was writing my memoir too that those moments of an um of those day jobs that I had to do that I suffered through and were, you know, while I was there, I would be thinking, and when this, you know, when I don't have to do this anymore, my real life as an artist will begin looking back over that. I realized like those were some of the richest moments Mm. of my life. Those gave me so much to write about so much, you know, that like fed into my art. And I think that, you know, that, if I could tell anybody anything about like writing or doing, you know, trying to do something creative 
like don't feel bad about these other things you have to do to support yourself. They can be like a rich source mm-hmm. for you. And anything I so agree with you, anything that we're in today is part of that art. That's what we're using yeah. and transforming into art. I love that. We are yeah. running out of time, but I would like <laughs> you to tell us where we can find you and tell us a little bit about the book, please. Okay. Well, this book, um, I made it, I made the story kind of, I zeroed in on my time in New York City. I went there in 1976 from Pittsburgh um, as an art student and um, and then become and trying to do the two things um, at the, um, in, in New York of the 20th century. So um, it was, it was a struggle and it was, um, but it was like such an incredible time in the city that I didn't realize until I left it all behind, you know, and, 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 um, so yeah, it, it's, um, so it's, uh, I, I know I'm not doing like a very good elevator. No, it's, it's so, wonderful. I'm still like so in the book, like just trying to, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, it's so it's got a lot about my musical life and um but the thing you know i love reading music memoir um autobiographies of you know my favorite musicians and people i've never heard of mm-hmm. um the part i always like the best is the first third where they're struggling and trying to figure it out and they're like cobbling together a career out of you know just like crappy gigs and strange people that they meet who end up being the people who teach them what they need to know. And that's pretty much my whole book. <laughs> like I don't good. That's also my I don't favorite part. The, part you know, the thing that always disappoints me is when, you know, like Keith Richards starts telling me like, and here's my dogs. And, and, you know, like I have these three houses and, you know, like, and, or when someone starts saying, and then I was decided to be on Broadway because I always really wanted to act. And I mean, you know, that's fine. But like when it just turns into like a CV of their later accomplishments and I'm like, yeah, but I want to go back to where we were like, scrabbling and you were telling me like you were about, in a, living like, in a all... squat and you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. so that's basically like my whole book is like cars breaking down <laughs> and it is called girl to city by amy rigby and it will be out by the time this airs probably where can people find you online um, I'm at amyrigby.com Super easy. and um, I'll also be all over the country. I'll be doing a, a lot of dates, a lot of, um, you know, book tour dates, which will be for me like a combination of reading stories from the book and playing songs that relate to, to the stories in the book. Are you coming to the Bay Area, San Francisco? I am. I'm coming to Starline Social Club in Ooh. Oakland. I'm in Oakland. On Thursday, November 7th. Thursday, November 7th. I'm going to look at my, yeah, I live in Oakland. Um, I'm looking at my calendar really briefly here. I'm free. I'm going to be there. I'll meet you. Okay, I'll meet great. you then. Thank oh, you so good. much for this, Amy. <laughs> what a joy. Thanks, Thanks to Holly for introducing great. us. And yes, um, yes, I don't know where she lives, but you know, maybe, you know, maybe she's in Oakland too. And we'll all, that would be rad. Have here. That would yeah. be wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Amy, so much. And happy writing to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Mm-hmm.